music in a while. What is this music I hear? <laughs> Welcome to the Grow Love Live podcast. Weekly content conversations aim to inspire and equip you to grow in the gospel, love like family, and live on mission in the areas of life. You! What are three drinks? You owe me a Coke. Dude, I don't drink Coke anymore, remember? No, you've been set free. It's good. Dude, freedom. It's for freedom I've been set free. I like. Oh, man. Remember that time that one pastor, you were singing about uh, freedom in Christ, or what's that song? Freedom? Freedom? Yes, I'm and set then free. I'm set free. And then he approached you afterwards and uh, told you that was wrong or something. You corrected. <laughs> you, you know, we're not that. We're, we're not. not we're, we're not supposed to be singing that song. <laughs> oh, dang it! Um, <laughs> I did. And then, yeah. yeah no, like, he said. Uh, he said, "Hey, like, I think it'd be better if you change that to it is for love that I've been set free.'" Oh, just to not freedom. He's like, I think, like that would that'd make more sense, <laughs> and it still works. And I was like, I'm like, yeah, it does. Except for, I'm like, it's Galatians five one. Oh shoot! Maybe he was just testing you. No, he was not. No, <laughs> it was like, oh, 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 okay. okay. Oops. I was like, so we're just, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, dude. He's you know he's free to have his opinion. <laughs> yeah. <sir. laughs> Hey, it's for freedom's sake that you can <laughs> have that opinion. Oh, anyways, well, we're getting off to a really good start here. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, that was a fun moment. That was, yeah, I remember that was good. That was good. Uh, hey, friends, it has been a while. We we are we apologize. We've, we've been radio silent. When's our last? Was it February? May. Oh, okay. Yeah. May. It's gonna be May. It's gonna be. Yeah, that was the last time we were in here because wow. a lot has uh, transpired since then. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get into that in just a bit, <laughs> bro. Before we get we dive into any topic, though, come on. Um, are you judging my McDonald's cup? I did a little when you said you're not drinking Coke. I almost said, yeah, but you're drinking McDonald's coffee. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna talk just, to me about McDonald's dude, coffee. Dude. Okay, so every now and then I just get on a new kick of. I mean, so our last episode, I, I, I think we talked about coffee, sugar, and the coffee and all that stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, so I just go on these little kicks of finding a coffee that I really like, and I just. I just milk it for all it's worth for a couple months or whatever. Dude, lately, okay. McDonald's coffee. Really? It is so where it's at, bro. This, so what's, I don't know what what's their is. sizing chart? Is it like small, medium, large? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so this is a medium? This is a large. No, it's a large. Oh, it's a large. Yeah, with two creams, no sugar. Okay. And, You're uh, sweet enough. Dude, I, I just, for whatever reason, it's just so good to me. But here's the thing. I, I've been getting this lately, and... There's this temptation though to buy it, buy the coffee and then pour it into a different cup, just so I'm not walking around with this bright Co- coffee snobs are like bright orange that's cup. That's not lofty. That's not <laughs> Mick Cafe. Yeah, uh, it's you know it's a little it's a little humbling. So, but it's cheap. Yeah, tell me the price point. What are we talking? I mean, dollar fifty or something. Shut bro, up, bro. It's like ridiculous. It's nothing, and it goes to a good cause, dude. Donalds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ronald McDonald Foundation. <laughs> Yeah. I mean that the price of that one. If you had that every day, that's like one venti at Starbucks or yeah. something. Yeah, so you can't beat the price. Lofty's tastes like, is great. You gotta take a small loan. Yeah, so I want to know that I'm not alone out there. So listeners, hit us up, please. You know, let me know if you are a part of the Golden Arches McCafe Club. Are uh, you just buying coffee there, or is the temptation to buy their breakfast sandwich like you would? You at, know, like every now and then I rock a little, yeah. a little, little sando. It's the it's all about the sausage muffin with no egg, with no egg. Because I don't know if that is actually egg. I think it actually is real egg. Okay, the egg's probably more real than the sausage. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think they actually like cracked the eggs there, and like that used to be their like big selling point. Oh. like these are real eggs. We're cracking them. Oh right wow. There. Well, I dude. say no egg, and it's actually a lot cheaper. <laughs> so, is it, dude? Yeah. How does it compare? It's so better, you get a coffee better. and a sausage sausage muffin with no egg, and you're you're out the door with like three dollars or something like that. No way, something like that, dude. And I sp- like I know Starbucks has made their and other places have made like they've tried to make the egg McMuffin. Mm-hmm. Now having like the like, yeah. Can you tell the difference? Oh yeah, McDonald's is like way better, bro. You know the truth, and the truth will set you free, <laughs> dude. Like it's just you can't beat it, can't just replicate all it. that chemically processed stuff. <laughs> Chemicals that are one of a kind. That's one of a kind. 
Uh, okay, I swear we talked about McDonald's on the last episode too. People, we 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 apologize. Um, We're trying to get sponsored. <laughs> okay, dude. Um, I've got one more. Well, is there anything going on in your life, bro? I feel like I don't want to dominate this, and I'm about Go. to. Come on, we're going to okay. dominate it, dude. So the other day, I'm out in front of our our house, and I'm looking across the street, and just kind of you know looking around neighborhood watch program. Uh, and I think I was actually taking the trash out, and I noticed a dead crow hanging from our neighbor's yard, like across the street. There's just like an olive tree or something, and from one of the branches, there's like literally just a crow hanging by a string. No way. <laughs> That's so gross. <laughs> and so I, you got to picture me just standing there with like the trash can. I'm like pulling it out to the curb and I'm just, and I stop still holding the trash can. I'm just looking at the crow. I'm like, what? Like it's a the, real, it's real. It, or it looks it's real. It's real. It, it's real. I mean, it, everything about it, the, it's, you know, it's across the street. So I can't see, you know, real good detail, but I'm like, dude, there's a freaking dead crow in the neighbor's yard. Not in the yard, hanging from the tree. So it was put there intentionally. I was just like, literally still trash can in hand i'm like what is going on my mind just starts to to wander yeah and I'm, now i'm thinking oh my goodness okay okay wait what if she's a witch yeah who lives across the street right what kind of sacrifices are yeah going yeah on yeah, yeah yeah i'm like literally <laughs> <laughs> like what if she's a witch and then i'm like oh my goodness like how do i share the gospel with a witch and i start thinking what is the the gospel for a witch and i, I just go down this whole trail of thinking i'm like i don't know maybe uh, I just maybe it's Jesus is the true and better crow that provides protection. I, I'm, I'm like literally thinking of all these different possibilities. And this wasn't just like you know 30 seconds. It was like several minutes yeah. of thinking. And then I walked away, got you know got the next trash can, came back out, stared at it, just was pondering like what what am I going to do with this? I, I live next to a witch. This is a creepy. So there's the sacrifices up front, and, you know, you know this crow for protection. And I went inside and told Paige. Oh my goodness, Paige, Tracy has a crow hanging from her. There's, I wonder if she's she a witch. Oh my goodness. Paige's like, well, so let me text her. <laughs> yeah. How oh, about okay. I just, how about I just ask her? <laughs> well, no, 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 no. She's, she's probably aware of this yeah, conversation. Yeah. I'm gonna, <laughs> she's reading my mind right now. <laughs> Paige ended up texting her and Tracy immediately got back to her and she said, oh yeah, I've been having crows in my yard and doing all this stuff. And so I found this thing on Amazon. It scares the crows away. It's like, so it's not real. It's not real. (laughs) I'm like, dude, aren't there freaking scarecrows for that? Apparently the, the man made out of straw with the, wearing the flannel. Yeah. It doesn't work. It doesn't work anymore. And they have to actually like up the ante and escalate this thing to like, we're going to literally (laughs) scarecrows. This will be you. This will be you. Yeah. That's actually what my my first thought was like. Maybe she, if it was real, it's like maybe she got a crow and was like, "This is let this be an example to you all." <laughs> Dude, that's exactly what it was. That's so funny. And I was like, but it it, it was funny that the, I have like, to look on Amazon while you're talking. Yeah, right yeah, now. no, do it. My takeaway from this whole thing was, don't ever assume. Mm, you know what happens when you. I mean, I was assume. I was putting together a gospel presentation for a witch. I mean, that I was building PowerPoints in my mind, in my head, conversations, top like starters and angles and, and a versus crow. Yeah. <laughs> Christ represents our, our winning. <laughs> I don't know. That was good, dude. Right on the spot. Dude. And, and so never assume just, and I love that pages went right for it. You're like, I don't ask Texter. And, um, yeah, so that, that's resolved. I feel good about that. You got anything? Did you find it online? Still looking. Still looking. We're yeah. we're hanging with our neighbors. Their washer's been out, mm. so she's been like, "Can I come over and use your washer?" Ooh, and she's new in the neighborhood. So he, they're from England. Okay, he's a soccer player, and so they get stationed all around. So he's in town for three years playing. I didn't even ask what team because <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Um, this, but they have the best ac- accent. It's so fun. It's uh, like, yeah. could we come over and do laundry? We're in a bit of a pickle. You know, it's like. Do they call it laundry? Uh, I feel like there's always a different name for it. She's in did, the UK. Yeah. I don't know. Message us. What, what is, I yeah. don't know what it is. But, uh, soiled, something with the word soiled. Yeah. I feel like the word soiled is in there. They got two little kids. Oh. You know, can you imagine no washer dryer? Sweaty soccer clothes. Sweaty. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking accidents in the middle of the night with their kids, but Mm. 
So, yeah, that's the uh, extent of our thing. We that's, just, that's good, dude. Yeah, so we we're, we're, we're meeting new neighbors, and yeah. it's fun. I love it. I love it. Okay, so do you have a, a price check around this uh, crow? I'm still looking. I can't find the... Okay. Uh, dude, I messed up, bro. I wanted to introduce that whole crow section with Gospel Shadows. <laughs> it's a witch. <laughs> <laughs> um, I see an owl, a scare owl. Mm-hmm. I've seen that, and I've, I I can appreciate that one. Ugh. Now it's getting into and it's like, not an owl that's hanging from a tree. It's an owl that's like perched like on nearby. Yeah, right? it actually looked like at night. If you'd be like, "What the heck is that?" Yeah, a little silhouette. Hoot, hoot, <laughs> hoot goes there. <laughs> Sorry, this is really good radio. Yeah, guys, um, I know you're you're like oh. They came right. up with some good material in the last four months since we heard <laughs> Okay, well, that's, that's taking a while. You just interrupt me. I think we need to jump into some listener mail. Dude, Dude listener mail, okay. drum roll, please. Uh, <laughs> Johnny um, mailed in. This is, uh, let's see, May 16th. <laughs> Johnny, we see you. We love you. Uh, Johnny um, sent in just a real good, good little email here, and... Um, we're just now getting back to him. So, but I thought it was it was a good one. I want to share it and want to just talk about this a little bit. And, and let's see here. So Johnny writes, hey guys, in light of the last couple episodes and the general truth of living life, not on Friday, but on Resurrection Sunday, I had this thought. I was having a conversation over text with a friend about liturgical worship and contemplative prayer, in which he asked me if I had heard of the Jesus prayer. And it's not something that I had heard of before. And the Jesus prayer is this, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And so the email goes on. It says, he went went on to tell me how in many Eastern Orthodox churches, they traditionally just repeat it over and over and over again. Different things pop out. And then at some point, you're supposed to be able to reach a, a point of not having any active thoughts and then therefore listen to what God tells you in that time. Uh, that's sounds interesting. So, uh, yeah, basically, here, let's get down to his question here. Why, as someone who has been made righteous by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who is free from the bondage of sin and no longer lives under law, who is now free, uh, why would I want to repeat over and over and over and over again that I'm a sinner? Shouldn't we be praying, Lord Jesus, Son of God, thank you for making me righteous? Yes, we're directed to repent and ask for forgiveness in the Bible, but sitting there and praying over and over and over again that I'm a sinner is not going to lead me to hear from a righteous God or help me realize the once and for all forgiveness I've received. So in very Johnny fashion, he says, yes. do you agree or disagree with the Jesus Ooh. prayer? <laughs> I've never heard of the Jesus prayer. I mean, I've yeah, so that, I mean, heard come, that prayer. I haven't heard that be like a common practice on a... yeah. And that's the prayer from the the tax collector sure. in in the story, you know, who's praying next to the uh, the Pharisee, mm-hmm. right? So they compare and contrast those two different prayers, and Jesus commends the the, the tax collector right. for his prayer, which is Lord Jesus Christ, in, in you know these words, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. So yeah, I've never heard it referred to as like a thing, like the Jesus prayer, because yeah. that's not our tradition. Yeah. But yeah. interesting conversation. I, I love that. The first thing I thought was funny is like the conversation he was having and then the conversations we were talking about with our neighbors. Mm. <laughs> you thought you had a witch and, and we had a soccer player doing laundry and he's like, liturgical worship. Let's talk about that. So way to go, Johnny. Um, love it. Yeah. I mean, I think he answered the question. Yeah. So, like I would say agree. Do you, so his question is, do you agree or disagree with a Jesus prayer? Oh, agree or disagree. Yeah. yeah. Or disagree. Well, I, for the believer, I would disagree for the prayer. Yeah. For the non-believer, I'd say it's a great prayer to pray. Yeah. Come until you realize your, your need for a Savior. Yep. Yeah. Well, let's, what's the the phrase in this whole sinner, saint um, thing, the phrase, the Latin phrase? Do you, are you familiar with that? Mm. I can't remember. There's some Latin phrase. A phrase, simul, simul just, justice. Something peculiar. <laughs> Are you a witch? <laughs> <laughs> My Latin. Um, yeah. I left that in eighth grade. Yeah, uh, no. 
There's a Latin phrase out there, I think Martin Luther used it, uh, that says, translated, simultaneously justified and sinner. Mm. So saint and sinner. So at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And so there, that I feel it gets quoted a lot. Um, and I, I quoted that a lot because it felt like that was so true to my experience. Mm. You know, I believe that God saved me, but I'm like, dude, I'm still this person who struggles with sin and I'm still. Still living in Romans 7. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. And so. But, uh, yeah, I, I think, Johnny, you're like, hey, I'm really proud of you, man, that you've been listening to the podcast enough to know where, um, you know where we stand on that. And yeah. I think the people, who, all of the listeners who listen to this, like, know where, where we're at in that. You know, it's a question of identity. And are we sinners or saints? You know, when God saves us, when Jesus saves us and, you know, makes us new, we're a new creation and moves. I mean, what what is the core of our identity? And I'm proud of you, Johnny, for for paying attention to that and picking up on those things. Cause I think it's a huge, a huge thing to, to come to see and to understand and to live from and mm. this place of what, who am I at the core, you know? And there's a lot of mixed messages out there in the Christian world uh, in a lot of teachings and books that you can walk away easily feeling like I'm, I'm a little bit of both. I'm a Jekyll and a Hyde. Mm-hmm. All right. And um, so I don't know. I just, I, I was thinking through like, well, and what are what are some of the thoughts that for me that have anchored my understanding of of being a, my identity being a saint, not a sinner? You know, do we sin? Yes. Yes. Do you know? Do we sin a lot? Well, sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but is that our nature? No. You know, there's a difference between what we do and who we are. You know, that Romans six talks a lot about who we are in Christ. I mean, Galatians two twenty. Uh, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Mm-hmm. You know, Colossians talked about talks about that we died uh, with Jesus to the um, elementary principles of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it First Corinthians? We're washed. We're just like some mm-hmm. of you were this, but you were washed. You and were, now you're this. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. justified, sanctified. So we're not we're not the same person that we used to be. And so I don't know. It's just, the sinner saint thing feels like it's a both and message. Sure, and it just feels confusing. Yeah, you're waiting for the good news. The good news is that God has saved you, but you still suck. <laughs> and so keep working at it. Yeah, come back next. Until this side of heaven. Like, yeah. Yeah. On, yeah, on this side of heaven, you have a lot of work to do. Mm. Yeah. And it sounds, here's the thing too. It sounds like it's humble to say I'm I'm a sinner. Sure. You know Again, we first we have to understand we're talking about identity, not behavior. Yeah. Okay. Two separate things. Two completely separate things. You have we have to separate performance from the person. That we are not what we do. We are what Jesus has done for us. Mm-hmm. And so when you separate that out and you're looking at just like identity, who we are again, going back, we've said this before, going back to how did I become a sinner? It wasn't because I sinned. No, I was born a sinner. Mm-hmm. I was born in, in Adam. You know, that I came into this world with an identity of sinner. And in the same way that I came into this world with an identity of sinner, I, when I'm born again, I'm born of the spirit, born of God. I'm born with a new righteous identity, mm-hmm. not because I did anything mm-hmm. just like I didn't do anything to become a sinner. I didn't do anything to become righteous except receive Christ's life as my own. And so now my identity, I, we can say with boldness and confidence, like, no, I'm holy. I'm righteous. Mm-hmm. And I think that's actually the humble thing. The humble thing is not oh, like to grovel and to feel like, oh, dude, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sinner. I'm wretched. God saved me. Thank, praise God he saved me, but I'm still the sinner. That's not, it sounds like it's humility, but it's not. It's, mm. it's groveling. True humility is believing and agreeing with what God says about us. Mm. And he says, I mean, he sees us as holy and righteous, blameless, pure. We're united to Christ. I love that in Acts where uh, I can't remember which chapter, but where Peter has that vision, you know, the, the, the big picnic coming down yeah. and there's all the lots of meat, lots of meats. <laughs> it was uh, a charcuterie board <laughs> or as David Lawton says, a Sean Connery board, Sean Connery, uh, but full of meat. <laughs> and and Peter's this like, podcast be called full of meat. <laughs> <laughs> and Peter says, I, I've never, I've never eaten anything on pure. I, I, I can't. And, and, mm. And Jesus, his response to that is, do not call unclean what I've made clean. Yeah. 
don't call unholy what I've made holy. And I think that the same thing is true about us, our identity. We get, we think it's humility. We think it's humble to say that we're sinners, but that's actually the opposite. That's pride. Mm. True humility is receiving and agreeing and living from what God says about us. Mm. And do we still sin? Yes, we do. But that is not our identity. Well, the thing that we've talked about before, and it's not a new concept, but the thing that comes to mind is like, if you're a parent or just if you're a kid, which everybody's a kid at this point, Mm. you don't, you are your parents kid. So for, in in this case, like I'm a son. Yeah. It never changes. Yeah. Like nothing that I can do will change the fact that you can go to court, change your name, but Adam and Veronica, like I came out of Veronica and like, and those were the, my parents, Yep, you know, uh, and, and I'll always be the son no matter what. Yeah. So something like that, everyone goes, duh. Like, yeah, <laughs> we get that. So, but then we talk about behavior. It's like, well, there's things that I can do that they're not super proud of or stoked on, or they love, or they disagree with, or, you know, there's like all those variations in there. So in that mm-hmm. analogy, it's like, do you, in the newness, because of the finished work of Christ, like the sufficiency of Jesus, I've been adopted into a family and I'm his. Yeah. Like, so that's not the debatable part of this. Point. Yeah. Do yeah. I, do I always live out life walking with the spirit perfectly? No. Like, do I have a tendency to still sin as a, as a son of God? Yes, I do. Like, mm-hmm. Those are different though. <laughs> so, yes. So yeah, Johnny, I think the conversation, like I would agree with Matt, well done having those conversations. And I think if you haven't already had it, I'd have conversations about identity. Like, yeah. I think more than just lit- liturgical, because I get there's like a uh, resurgence of a, a younger generation, especially going towards more liturgical. Like they're loving that more. They're longing for that. There's something about yeah. like, which there is something sweet in there. There's something nice to go, man, this feels like uh, it's tethered to something that's gone through generations versus like a new building that kind of looks like a warehouse or a nightclub or like, you know, it's like Hmm. I get, I get like, I want pews and stained glass windows and I want like to see this guy in in vestiges and, you know, like I I can see how that could be an appeal, but Hmm. wanting conversations to make sure whatever we're bringing from old tradition actually is true (laughs) because there's a lot of folklore out there too that you go, that's not true, you know? Yeah. So I, I would, I would just have conversations with your friend about identity and, and, you know, Hey, why is that prayer important to you? And tell me, tell me why you do that. Cause mm-hmm. I would say one of the bad things about the liturgy is you're not sure why you're doing what you're doing anymore. Mm-hmm. It's something that you kind of do as rote. Like if you're yeah. at a mass, like sit down, stand and everyone's reciting these things that yeah, for some, they have no idea what they're reciting for some. It's deeply meaningful. And, but yeah, I mean that can happen in any setting. Absolutely, yeah. Not even a liturgical, just like a regular. Being yeah, in our own context, uh, it's three songs and this meet and greet, and then this guy's going to talk for thirty minutes, and I hope <laughs> he's funny today. And then there's probably going to be a song, and then yeah, I'm going to go grab my coffee. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, man. yeah, instead of the structure and form and function, I, I would definitely want to have an identity conversation with your friend and mm. and hear more about and understand, and then in love be able to point somebody to some truth, like. You know, like, hey, let's look at scripture together. We, like, where, where do you see Jesus calling the saint like still sinner? Yeah, where, where in, where in the epistles and like, do you see to the believer, mm-hmm. you're like them not being called new and trying to be reminded of like. No, no, that old stuff went away. <laughs> like, yeah, you, like we here's instruction on how to live as the new. You know, there's not. This was news to me. Um, there's not a single instance in any New Testament letter that a Christian is being called a sinner. Mm. Like, there's not the closest thing that we can see. I mean, the the one that I think commonly gets brought up is, uh, well, Paul referred to himself as the chief of sinners, mm. and. My understanding, you can give me your take on that, is that in the context there, he's talking about his life as a dude. He was a murderer, a persecutor of the church. 
and he essentially set the world record for sin. Mm-hmm. So out of all the people who have sinned, I sinned the worst. Look at what I did. But he goes on in the context of that passage to go on and say, well, look at the mercy that God showed me. And his point is that if God could save me, dude, he could save you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was the worst guy, the worst guy that I know. Yeah. Yeah. And that pas- he's trying to, he's like this. I think he even says something to the degree of like, this is Dom's paraphrase, but <laughs> this is, this is stupid that I'm even doing this, mm-hmm. but I'm just going to give you the pedigree of everything now because yeah, maybe you'll listen to me, you know? Yeah. You want to boast about this? Well, okay, I'll be back. Like, this is dumb that I've been going to be bragging about this, but yeah, I did all this too. Better than you. <laughs> and now I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. Dude, okay. Yeah, so, well. It's identity. Here's the thing, too. Dom, I, I, here's where I would kind of, I think it's okay. I'm not going to be the, the theological police, and I'm not, even in my own times of prayer, it's like, um, like when I hear about Jesus being a friend of sinners, like that's comforting to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I appreciate that. And I'm, cause I'm like, I know that man, I, on my own do not deserve anything. I come, I come with nothing to the table except for my need. And so there's that place. And again, I think that's living in there's Friday to understand, wow, though our sin is great. Our savior is greater. Mm. And, um, uh, yeah, so the, the, instead of focusing on the size of my sin, though, I want to focus on the size of my Savior, mm-hmm. you know, to put it in alliteration terms there. Yeah. And the, so I, but I'm not like opposed to that sense. Like, dude, I, I still feel at times like I'm a sinner sure. because we, we so often identify with like what we're doing and how, you know, man, I struggle. And I, you know, guys, I am, man, I am a struggler <laughs> for sure. Mm-hmm. I still have so many things I feel like God is, he's, he's working on. And so it takes a lot of faith, uh, a lot. It just take it takes faith to believe that I'm righteous, sure, because of all the contrary evidence that I see. Uh, and so I'm, th- I'm thankful though that I am not what I do. I am what Jesus has done for me. And so I I get it. I identify with that sense of like I love and comforted by Jesus being a friend of sinners and to come. I identify I identify with that sense. And so, but I I have found such amazing power and freedom from from living from what god says about me seeing life and seeing myself from his perspective i don't always feel it but that doesn't negate its validity and its truth sure if you again do not call unholy what he has called holy Mm. and so i just yeah i want to just keep ringing that bell and and kind of harping on that sure because it comes down to like we have to understand our identity and living from that place Mm. there's such freedom there mm-hmm. so anything on uh, else to say on that before we move on nope johnny let us know how it goes good yeah. job you i mean i was like what made you like, two months ago so he probably had the conversation and his friend and got saved so <laughs> did he pray good job. The, he prayed the jesus prayer and got saved yeah <laughs> that's the lord's no that's not the lord's prayer that's the prayer uh, of salvation yeah the sinner's prayer the sinner's prayer mm-hmm. gosh man you gotta get all these prayers Dude, figured out okay up. bro so I want to pass this off to you. We're, we're the, today's topic is just the topic of transition. transitions. Yeah. There's take so us, take us away. Some of our being away for a little bit has been, there's sort of a lot going on here at Seacoast and a lot of good, hard conversations at a staff level and, and ultimately uh, resulting in a transition for you and Paige separately, your wife on staff here as well. And, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I'd love to talk about, um, we've been wanting to talk about what transitions look like even kind of before all this was happening. And we both have our book club in front of us <laughs> called Transition. <laughs> They're stuck. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, so I'd love to just kind of hear, you know, the news. I, I think everyone would know at this point, we're going to be celebrating both of you for your guys' service at Seacoast here. You've been at Seacoast 17 years Almost on staff, seventeen years. Yeah, on staff, yeah. seventeen. Paige has been at the church since she was five. Yeah, yeah. Dad was an a elder, little, a little like, yeah, snapper. They, they served and everything. They know all the nooks and crannies of the church. Yeah, it's all different mm-hmm. iterations. So a big transition for you guys just in life, like outside of Seacoast, and a, a huge transition of both of you leaving and huge 
shepherding gift that you both have, uh, just mm. you know, hospitality being on display, teaching capacity, obviously Paige, one of my favorite worship leaders, um, gift of, yeah, just service and hospitality and all these different things that, um, will, will create a deficit, but also an opportunity at Seacoast for people to rise up and mm. step into that. And I, I think you would agree. The hope would be to people that you've been able to minister over the years would then in turn be able to go like, Oh, as that was done to me, I want to do to others. And, and yeah, that's and the dream. Yeah. Express that here mm. or wherever they find themselves, but Seco specifically, but for you guys, what, how's that process been for you as you have now accepted a position, you're transitioning out of somewhere you've yeah. been for so long. You, your whole ministry career has been in one place here. Mm-hmm. So you've had different hats and now to be going to a totally new context, um, though not super far away, but a new context in terms of you're super known here mm-hmm. and people are going to be learning your name for a while, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> how is that, how's that been for you guys? And so let's talk about, let's transition to transitions, dude. Bro. <laughs> okay. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, uh, not not just because you said it, just that this is a, it's a big topic right now in our life. And being in a place for 17 years, we haven't had a lot of transition. So it's very new to us. I mean, macro transition. Sure. We've had a lot of the micro stuff, just the the nitty gritty of life. But this is big. This is, you know, somewhere like you, as you just mentioned, we've been here 17 years. This is, I mean, we, Paige and I, I we met here, essentially, through Seacoast, it was, uh, so a lot of our life, our relationship has happened here. We were married here. We had our kids here right. well, at the hospital, but you know what I mean? Um, you tried and we, we were like, you should probably go to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> we want to have an at home birth and yeah. like, this is our home. Yeah. Grumlot. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, but this has been it. And so it, to be honest, dude, it still hasn't fully sunk in. Mm. I'm still here with you. We're mm-hmm. we're in the studio. I mean, everything feels normal. The thing that has made it real in, in, in an interesting way over the last couple of weeks is cleaning out my office. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not a hoarder, friends, okay? But I like to keep things. You've got like a, <laughs> it was like a time capsule. It's been, bro. <laughs> you, you unearthed the time capsule. I, like, yeah, yeah, I found, I found like ancient relics <laughs> and it was like the Dead Sea Scrolls of yeah. Seacoast. But it just stuff that over 17 years of ministry that I've been sifting through because like, you know, just the stuff I've had here uh, going through files and, you know, different books and I don't know, just so many things to clean out the office. And just it's stirring up all of these memories. Mm-hmm. And really the thing that has, uh, there's a lot of different things that have been coming to mind, but it really comes down to this, how many relationships there have been. Mm-hmm. And it, which brings me back to just the really the big picture of why we're doing what we're doing here. I mean, we want to pass on the torch of the gospel to the next generation and it's done not just from, from distance. It's not done just from over a podcast or a teaching, you know, or, or these programs, it's these relationships. And so just going through all of these, these files and seeing these, these rosters and names and all these photos and all these these faces just stirred up so much of this feelings of, deep, deep gratitude and deep, deep grief mm-hmm. of man, gratitude of what God has allowed us to be a part of that. We would be able to play a role and uh, get to know these people, play a role in their life and be a part of what God is doing in so many of these, these people's lives. And then the grief of just the passage of time and moving and, and relational separation. And, and that you, again, it's not, and I, I would say, I mean, I've left other jobs that were non-ministry jobs, but there's something particularly unique about Christian ministry. I mm. say church ministry, just that it's so relational and it's not just relational in the sense of where it is. Hey, how's it going? You're getting into the stuff of life with people. Mm. You're getting into the real things that are going on in a person's heart and you're allowing them into your heart. I mean, so you're getting intertwined. Sure. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a sentimental person. I, <laughs> I have been grieving. Yeah. Like that has been the overriding feeling of the last, not, you know, 
it, it, it was triggered a lot by just having to officially start to clean out the office. Sure. Grief. And it kind of surprised me, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I'm reading this. So part of this book that we've read and then kind of stuck. picked up. Yeah, stuck. One of the things that I think it's, as we've processed a lot, not on a microphone, <laughs> but you and I, <laughs> um, there's a sentence right in the beginning of the book that talks about the ability to finish well requires time in life where we pause, listen to God and learn lessons and values that we'll need in the future. Mm-hmm. And so even part of that grief that's going on right now and part of the, cause there's also excitement ahead. So that's part of the transition too. Yes. Yeah. You know, but but in this context, as you're finishing, like this is your last week here, you mm-hmm. know, yesterday was like, it's your last Tuesday, you know, today's last Wednesday. <laughs> I've been, yeah. yeah. <laughs> People are like, okay, we get it. Yeah. This is your yeah. last. <laughs> Wait, it's Thursday. So it's your last, right? We got it. Yeah. <laughs> but the idea of like in that grief and, and part of that transition, part of you of finishing well, what you're, you're aiming to do and doing is requiring that time to pause. And yeah. there's a time to celebrate and also go like, man. God's been, we got to do that as a staff yesterday. Just like, man, God's done a lot in and through you and, and through Paige and then mm. you together, you know, Offheimer yeah. and Carlson become one and, and doing that together as a couple, but also individuals. Like mm-hmm. there is a time to pause. There's a pi- time to say like, thank you God for what you've done yeah. to grieve. Like, man, like we love these people, you know, yeah. you're not running from something, which was something that was a part of the conversation that you and I've always had. Yeah. I don't want to run from something. I want to run to something when that time comes. Absolutely. There's, there's, yeah, let's, let, uh, right now we're in a different spot today than we were even just like a month ago. And like, yeah. as this whole process has developed over the last several months, there wasn't a, there wasn't clarity on where we were going. Mm-hmm. All there was, was a, it was a net loss and not a net gain Right at that point. And I think my personality is like, I want to speed things up. I want to know where I'm going. I want to be able to start to get, as soon as I know where I'm going and, and, and where I'm going to be, I can, okay, sweet. Then that kind of resolves things. But there's this tension within transitions when you don't know where you're going. Yeah. You're living in this weird, the in-between. Mm-hmm. And like the, the in-between time like is something that I have tried my hardest to to expedite, to speed up, let's get yeah. through this. Yeah, bypass if possible. Yeah, yeah. it's because it's so it's so awkward and it's um, it, it it brings up a lot of anxiety. I think I had what was probably the closest thing I've had to a panic attack, mm-hmm. like in in this time of like the, the in between. Yeah. Now you know I was I was thankfully able to process and 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 do do some digging and work with uh, some friends and got some counsel and and that was. It's good, but like there's this, that's the stuff that comes up in the in-between. And I think my whole life I've tried to just avoid that and try to get to the next thing. Mm. It's like, get to the next, get to the next. And um, what I th- what God has been showing me and teaching me is like to embrace the in-between. I do, so speaking of this book, that that quote, he quotes in, in this book from Jim Branch, mm-hmm. who wrote actually a really great devotional, which I would recommend. It's the blue book. And uh, here's in this book that uh, Dom and I are reading together, <laughs> man, so helpful to have a, have a homie like you to, to process these things with. Yeah, it's um, been great. Uh, so he, he quotes Jim Branch here. He says, so much of this life is lived mm-hmm. in between, between the now and the not yet, between arriving and departing, between growing up and growing old, between questions and answers. Lord, help us not to live for the distant day when the in-between will be no more, but help us to have the courage to step into that sacred space of the Mm in-between, knowing that this is a place where life is transformed. Woo! So good. Yeah. Dude, that's, that, like, I think spoke such profound, uh, it spoke so deeply to me, like, to, to, view this time as not a time to get past, but to embrace and to live and to, to, to soak in and to glean everything that God has for us here and now. Yeah. And that's kind of what, one of the big things about, you know, he, he harps on this in the book is that transitions are, are God ordained mm-hmm. and they, they exist to help forge within a Christ follower, all that we're going to need for the next, for the next thing that we have and he has for us in life. Yeah. 
And so the, the places that God is taking us, the new places, he wants to forge in us deeper trust and deeper dependency. And that, that stuff is, it happens and is forged in the time of transition in the in-between. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's another book by a guy, uh, Bridges. I can't think of his first name, but it's called Transitions. And that was such a profound book for me because there's been micro and macro transitions in our life quite a bit for our, our family. Mm. And, um, I always thought of like a transition as it's just a new beginning. Yeah. Right. But if you didn't know what you're going to, it's you're in the in between time trying to bypass that as quick as, or hijack it as quick as possible to get to the new beginning. And the way he writes a transition sequentially is like, it's a death. Then it's a waiting, like it's the waiting room. Yeah. And then it's life, new life. Resurrection. Yeah. But it's like, oh my gosh, that's what it is. Yeah. Hmm. And, and we're doing a disservice to like that processing of that idea of finishing well and thinking and pausing and waiting and listening to the Lord. And what do I'm, what am I learning in here? And, mm-hmm. you know, he talks about it like unfolding God's sovereign purposes. That's what transitions are for. Mm-hmm. So in our life, um, God, what are you doing and what's happening? What can I learn from here? And how do I learn like, yeah, how to do this better or help people along the process in the future? Um, if you don't have that death part and you're just trying to like get out of the waiting room to, you never get to like grieve and grieve in a healthy way. You know, yeah. I think we're so adverse to that idea of grief. Mm. Like it's like, Oh, like, yeah, we don't want to do that. Like I'm allergic to that. I'm afraid of it. it yeah. It up things that yeah. I don't know what to do with. When you, when you hear of hardship and loss, your first thing is wanting to like, I think people's common response. I'll say that is wanting to be like, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Like, you know, or like try and like, how do we move this process along instead of just like, no, just sit here. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, mm-hmm. whatever that looks like. And it's going to look different for everybody else. But in your context, again, 17 years, well, there's a death to that. You're saying there's a, there's a finality to everything going on. Yeah. And so because you love Seacos and it's not, you're like, get me the heck out of here. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, um, there's that death piece. And then the waiting piece is like, even the waiting piece of just a couple of weeks off before you go to this new thing. Mm-hmm. Super necessary. If you can take it, you know, yeah. some people you get a weekend, but use that weekend, you know, <laughs> to go to the next thing. And, um, so yeah, I just love that order. Death, waiting life. Yeah. And, uh, it's definitely true. Yeah. Watching you, you know, and living my, experiences as coming well. from our resident expert on uh, <laughs> yeah, transitions unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> how many deaths um, i've done a lot <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i'm going to start my consulting company dude. It's dude, let's yeah, go there's yeah. a little a little plug right there yeah oh man no it, it's so true death precedes new life mm-hmm. you know you can just look at there's so many examples of that that things need to die in order to be made new Mm-hmm. Yeah, the greatest example is obviously the death of Jesus and his resurrection. Uh, and yeah, this, and the idea that I think what we're saying here and what I'm learning is like, feel the feelings of death. Mm-hmm. Death of of what was, and maybe even like the dreams and the, you know, the ideas that we had or the hopes of, of what, even the future ministry that, because dude, like the work's not done. Yeah, It's not like, I've completed my mission here at Seacoast and I can say, oh, well, you know, wipe the hands. I'm good to go. No, there's still so much ministry to be done. And uh, it's a letting go of all of that. Mm. And then there's the relational side of it where these are the people that God has embedded us in. This is not just a job for us. This has never been a job. In fact, I don't remember being hired. (laughs) I mean, I came in. That's a different podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's a different podcast altogether. (laughs) There was, you know, no, no application process, no resume, no interviews, uh, just, I, you know, slipped through the cracks. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but you did, but this is the place where God embedded us and it's never been a job, um, for us. It's never been a job. It's been family. I know that sounds cliche, but that's just literally the, the truth that, uh, We've been here at Seacoast long enough to have weathered many of the storms, many of the other transitions that have taken place here, yeah. um, both micro and macro. Mm-hmm. You know, it's for people who have been at Seacoast a long time, you'll remember 09, 2010, the, you know, church split. Yeah. 
there were, that was brutal. You know, that was, you know, severing relationships and family. I mean, that was, that was hard. We, we, we stuck through that. We, you know, we just have always felt like Seacoast, this is our home. We don't want to be anywhere else. Yeah. And, uh, it literally just, I think the reason we lasted 17 years is just, uh, it was never about building a career or getting to the next, the next stage of things. And I need to move on to this and this and this, just like, this is our home. It's our family. Yeah. Your resume is really short. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true, man. Like, uh, it's, but this is where God has grown us. This Seacoast has been for us, the greenhouse of growth. We've, we've been planted here. We've grown here. We've been on the receiving end of the, the nurturing love and the care and the support of so many people. Yeah. And as I was mentioning with staff yesterday, it wasn't because there was like some fancy program or we rolled out, you know, this big idea, big vision of, you know, of this and that it was, no, the people is just baked into the cake here at Seacoast that we, that people cared for us. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So, so Paige and I and our boys, and we are who we are today because of the people of Seacoast mm-hmm. and to come to this place where, wow, we're leaving, we're leaving that. Mm-hmm. That's, that's brutal. It's, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's painful. It's hard. There's uh, yeah, it, it so much, there's so much grief in that. And it's this, and I don't want to just minimize that by thinking, well, God's got something in store for us. God's got this plan. Yes. A hundred percent. There's a plan. There's something to come. He, he, God, ha- we can't thwart that. Uh, and I just, I think one, one of the things that has been so good is just to sit in, sit in it, feel it mm-hmm. and process and not hold it in, but like to process and articulate and clarify what is it that I'm feeling and thinking. So it's gleaning from this time of transition, all that God has for us in the in-between moments. Yeah. Well, you know, as for me, what I was sharing yesterday is the first time in all the years of ministry that I've worked with somebody again. Yeah. To, so to come back a second time at a church, you know, and then be able to work together. Bro, I found your resume from my, my file on Dom Nuncio. <laughs> it's found, a long one. <laughs> Mug shots. And yeah, and it was a little shorter back then, but I found your original <laughs> resume from the first time you worked at Seacoast. Dude. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Scary. Um, well, so it's just has been a unique thing. And so I, I can attest to like the well done Seacoast for there's been rad couples and mentors that have come alongside you. Yeah. Former elders that were elders at the time that just done a good job that I tell everybody like the strength of Seacoast is the people. Yeah. You know, you can find churches with better programs and lights and music and more polished teaching, especially that music part, especially that music part. Um, but yeah, the people, yeah, hundred percent, the people, the, the church people. is it. So yeah. yeah, and we've talked like the college analogy. I think is such a good one. It's like, you know, you grew up on this campus like from pre-K to twelfth grade. You know, <laughs> like so, so you finished all those years of school and now like you're launching to college, you know, for lack of a better analogy. An 18th grader. Yeah. (laughs) You had trouble with your shapes and your numbers, but it's fine now. (laughs) But the idea of like now, yeah, the transition and launching out, it's a, like there is good in it, you know, as much as there's hard, it's not minimizing the hard. It's the, like God used you, God used Paige. He, he used you for a very, you think you've gone through three senior leaders, you've gone through a church split, you've gone, you've seen the church expand and contrast and a worldwide pandemic and hmm. a housing market crash and like Dom you know, leave, Dom, Dom come leave, back, come back, you know, <laughs> yeah, all those things. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's well done in, in terms mm-hmm. of that, of the way you guys have served, yeah. you know, and then I think how cool when you turn the page of out outside of the grief, like there is excitement for what's ahead of you, you know? And I, I don't know how much you want to talk about that, but yeah, well, as of now, it's, you know, we're <laughs> as of now, like <laughs> time Wait, hold on, look at the clock and yeah. now, yeah, yeah, as of now, no, um, dude, right out of the gate, man, God was so gracious in providing a few opportunities that we were able to pursue. And, uh, so we were able to do that, but, kind of something that snuck in the back door that I wasn't fully anticipating 
was an opportunity to partner up with my good buddy, Tim, over at Generation Church in Oceanside. Mm -hmm. And he's been a, a homie, we, you know, a fellow gospel junkie for 10 years and we, he, you know, former FCA guy. A lot of Seacoast people know Tim and Allison Parlier. Uh, they're just, he's been an amazing brother, mm -hmm. unflinching friend, and um, just someone I've always had a kindredness with uh, in terms of the gospel and the message of Christ alone, uh, that Jesus is better, like just all of that. And he's someone I've learned from. Uh, we've been, he's learned from me. There's just been this cool, it's just been a really good, uh, solid friendship mm. that to me, I'm like, wow. Like, he, so he, fast forward, he becomes, he left FCA. He's now the lead pastor at Generation Church, uh, became the lead pastor, you know, the week before, I think his first Sunday was like the week before COVID. So brutal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, dude, it's like, he's, but they like the, the church, it's just a, a sweet, uh, a sweet church. And, you know, Paige, you know, many moons ago was actually the worship leader there before we got married. So it's kind of for her a little bit of a homecoming somewhat, but, uh, that's where we're going. And it, the opportunity there is just to partner with Tim and to shepherd the flock and, you know, pastor and disciple this, um, this small church in Oceanside, it's growing a lot of young families, a lot of potential for what God's going to do there. And we're just, we're excited to, to stay in the area and to the idea of partnering with a friend like that. I'm like, man, are you serious? That's mm -hmm. just, I d just didn't think that would be even in the realm of possibility. So, but it's been in your prayers for a long time. It has yeah. been you, yeah. you and I've talked about it for <clears throat> yeah, a long time. Long time. Like, Don, oh, when, when are you and I going to plant a church mm -hmm. or when are you? <laughs> yeah. We, it's, uh, it's been there. It's been a part of the the conversation, and so. But we love uh, Tim and Allison. Trust them deeply. Love. We've had um, an amazing time just getting to know the elders and the leaders there at the church. And so, yeah, as that opportunity has opened up, the you know the there's the uh, proverbial light at the end of the tunnel. It's becoming this the sense of okay, we're we're still sitting in this this grief of losing so much mm -hmm. and the grief of, of um, saying goodbye and all of that. And then God is now you know, showing us and revealing to us, like, here's where you're going. And there's, there's great anticipation for that. And so, yeah, man, the it's, it's wild. I, mm. a lot has, a lot has happened and developed just in this, this past uh, several months. And it, it's been really cool too, for Paige and I to go through a, a transition like this together. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, one of the things that I was even meeting with a mentor yesterday and he said, you know, you're going to have to be, it was good for me to hear this, but he's like, you're going to have to be okay with a sad wife for a while. Yeah. <laughs> and Paige is like a deep feeler. You guys, if you, for those of you who know Paige, she feels everything deeply. And uh, this has been, this is not just my transition. This is our transition. And I'm praising God for the unity that we have. Mm. The fact that we are, we're unified and aligned moving for through this process and to where we're going. Uh, and there's also that sense of it's been an opportunity to shepherd and to care for my wife mm. in this process in a way that I haven't had to, you know, because there hasn't been anything that has evoked this kind of, these kinds of uh, feelings and stuff, Sure, you know, because we've been here so long. Yeah. So man, there's a lot, uh, mm. but I'll do, I'll say this too. I just think it's sweet to, still be able to come on Sundays. You know, this news has been out for a while now, but just to be, it feels normal. It hasn't felt awkward mm -hmm. uh, to be able to, able to have this conversation um, as we're going out. This feels different than most of the other transitions, not all, all of them, but a lot of the transitions that have taken place at Seacoast, you know, it just didn't, it wasn't always, it wasn't always pretty. Sure. You know, so I, I'm thankful. I give God God the glory and the credit for preserving and doing what he's done to, to keep the, the unity and the, the, uh, yeah, the unity and the, co the community to, together as we've been processing this. And now that we're moving on to be able to show up on a Sunday and still, it's not weird, you mm -hmm. know, I don't know how, how to explain that, but that's to me a gift. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, there's a couple of things that I heard in there, which I think are really cool gifts of the Lord are, you know, right out of the gate, Seacoast, not a job for you, even though it's what, you know, yeah. pays your bills. Um, and the gift of having a job to go to so that what you're grieving is not, how do I pay my bills? 
Mm. What am I going to do for work? Like now you just get to, you know, cause sometimes that can be a transition um, that, you know, many experience I've experienced out of like, Oh man, now there's a gap in employment, mm. you know? So the, the, gr- you <laughs> yeah, don't, you yeah. don't really have time to grieve. You, you're like, I need to go get food on the table like today. So now like the gift from God is just, you have a job, you know what the light at the end of the tunnel is. So now you can just sit in the death and the waiting room is a little bit shorter because there's the the waiting room in terms of where am I going to go, but the waiting room of relationships and familiarity and comfortability. And, oh man, like my boys are going to play on this playground now. They're not going to remember Seacoast at all. Like, oh, that's weird. They just won't. Don't say that. <laughs> they, <laughs> you know, but they won't. Like my kids don't. My kids don't remember what they did when they were ten. You know what I mean? Like they just. Do you remember that person? They were so important when you were seven. They're like, who? <laughs> you know, like, no, I don't. How can, how can you not remember? You know, so yeah. that that death piece for you guys gets to just be singularly focused and. I think that's actually a really sweet gift. Yeah, that's cool. It, we have the margin and space to to feel the feelings and to process things are now. Yeah. Which could easily be hijacked and kind of all shoved aside because of the active search. Yep. Got to find the thing that's next. Yep. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So what I would ask is just from that quote again from that book stuck really quick as we sort of land the plane is as you're processing in death and as you're, uh, you know, in some spots, the waiting room of gosh, what what's this going to be like? Whether these who are who are my homies going to be here? Mm. Like Tim and I are cool, but we've never worked together. What's that going to be like? What's you know? There's a lot of questions that could still happen. What what are you learning in this time of as you're looking through files and photos and you know videos that you're sending me yesterday? <laughs> like <laughs> us when we were in our twenties, you know. Uh, I'm like, when did I wear that? <laughs> it was like in, in a mullet wig or something. Um, Bro, you watch out, dude. I got yeah, all kinds of know, stuff on you, man. Weird. I don't have any of it, so I'm <laughs> nervous. Uh, what are the things that you're learning that you value? So it, it, I'll read that kind of quote again of. Uh, as you're pausing, listening to God and lesson, you're learning lessons that you and values that you'll need for the future. What are some of the lessons and values, if you can think of any, just shortly that as you've processed that you want to carry on into this next season of being a husband, being a dad, being a pastor, yeah, ministry. I think I mentioned it earlier, and that's it's relationships. Mm-hmm. I mean, it kind of feels like, well, no, duh, you know, like, but dude, it it comes down to, it comes down to relationships and being, uh, being available for people and then opening up my life to them as well. Mm. As I look back, I mean, there's some fun events. There's things that the, you know, camps, trips, retreats, events, all that stuff that we did with the students, all of the different things that we did with, you know, young adults, young marrieds and life groups, and all of those things. The, the, ba- the backdrop to that whole thing is, is relationships. Mm-hmm. And the, you, you, sensed, you said it earlier, too, that it's one of the things that has been a little scary for a little. It's been really scary for me is I'm stepping out of a context where I'm really known. Mm-hmm. And I'm stepping not only into the, the unknown, but I'm stepping into being unknown. Mm-hmm. And there's like, oh, my goodness, like, that's, that's weird and different for me. Mm-hmm. But... I just realized I'm going through all of these, these things, the, when it comes down to it, it's like, man, invest in the people, shepherd the people, don't build the programs and stuff that they, that stuff will come. That's, those are structures. And those things are, you know, things that we do to, to facilitate the relationships. Mm-hmm. And so it's, you know, pay, the idea of pacing myself of, of a new beginning I'm entering into, I'm going to be entering into stories of of people that are ongoing and our lives are being merged and now god has a place for me in their life and a place for them in mine Mm. that's it so that's a huge thing i mean it's still i'm kind of processing that but that's been the big the big item that i'm looking at like this whole thing is about relationships and it's not about necessarily my my gifts and abilities and talents and stuff that i'm bringing to the table and the contributions i make to again to the, the the structures and the programming and the preaching and that's that's all there it's all plays a part sure it's but i'm bringing my person mm. and it's christ in me going into 
to a, a context where I'm I'm going to be able to express Jesus in in a new context in a new in a new way with people and get to see Christ in them mm-hmm. and to call that out mm-hmm. and to be a part of what God's doing in their life. So it was good for me to see that. Mm-hmm. And it's good for me to re- be reminded of that because that's the long game. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always this pressure of like, I'm coming in, I need to prove myself. I need to become known really quick, really quick. But I need I, just to be able to be reminded of, no, slow down and just be, be with people. So that's one thing for sure. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, the encouragement of somebody who's transitioned a lot is, you know, 17 years is not going to be made up in 17 months. <laughs> <laughs> this is not. Dang it. You know, and even with the short move with a known person, we found usually it's like 18 months takes, it takes you about 18 months to mm. sort of hit a stride. So uh, not 17, but 18. Yeah. So at, yeah, so a little encouragement. <laughs> Don't want to Debbie Downer, but then encouragement. But the stride of just like, I've seen a full calendar year at this place now. Mm. And so when I hit, you know, this is now my second summer here. So I get to see that and yeah, it's a little more known now. And, oh, we've had five dinners with this couple now and it's, not just on a name basis, but we have a couple of like ha-has that we can celebrate. Like, you know, yeah. like <clears throat> all those things just take time mm-hmm. and you might find like, Oh, like, yeah, we don't click with those people as well, you know? Yeah. And Oh man, Paige really loves this person or, Oh man, these boys are, you know, Archie and Kellen's yeah. buddies. So it just takes time. So yeah. it, it, it can, it, you know, You'd have to stay there for 17 years to replace what's happened in 17 years. And mm. and you're in a different life stage too. So, yeah. you know, you, you both grew up here, <laughs> you know, and now it's, Terry and I were talking about it the other day. Cause like we're getting texts now about like, cause we're old, <laughs> you know, like you're just getting texts cause you're old. <clears throat> yeah. We're getting texts. We're like, we looked at each other. We're like, we're getting like marriage questions and people are like asking all these things and like parenting. And we're like, <laughs> I think we just officially became old. But we think of families here and we're like, oh my gosh, when we were in our 20s, we were tapping into families there mm-hmm. and they seem so like old and mature and wise at that point, but they're probably like 40. Yeah. So, you know, so mm. now you guys get to go be that for people, which is mm. sweet, you know, that's your starting point is not Matt in 20, discovering his voice, discovering the gospel, discovering how to, now you get to go like, I'm clear, I'm convicted, I'm convinced. You know, I can't think of any more C's. I'm centered. <laughs> I'm Carlson. I'm Carlson. And now you get to start. That's your starting point. Yeah. Like, that's actually really sweet what the next years of ministry look like for you guys. So, mm. so yeah, man. Well, well, well done. Good job loving Seacoast all these years. Bro. And being yeah. you and your authentic self during, you know, yeah, being willing to push, being willing to ask, being willing to try. You started as beer dude and you leave. <laughs> <laughs> not beard. No, dude, not beard dude. Beer dude. Yeah, beer dude. A story there. Yeah. yeah, driving beer trucks. <laughs> um, and now you get to leave as, you know, Pastor Matt. You know, not that you'd ever be called that. <laughs> it's, it's my identity. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. as a father, as a husband, as somebody yeah. with a clear message to give, and now you get to go and give that to mm. Oceanside and beyond so well done loving here bro i appreciate that man and uh gosh wow this is our first episode that's gone over an hour i think no the the, uh, enneagram ones were long oh yeah so we're fine okay sorry folks well as long as we want we have to answer the question that i think is everyone's asking is what is the future of the grow love live podcast you know we're gonna live it out (laughs) in the everyday stuff of life (laughs) Yeah, dude. Just, uh, yeah, as we think of transitions, I think there's some there's some sort of the unknown of what life looks like for all of us and ministry and podcasting specifically. Um, yeah. Right now, it's been a podcast of Seacoast, so you know maybe it'll be a different podcast, maybe morph, change. So we're not we're not saying it's a you know to tell us die, or it is finished. We're we're saying we're in transition. Yeah. We're saying, <laughs> <laughs> and maybe stand by and, and maybe TBD. you'll see something in your feed or <laughs> yeah. maybe you won't. But, oh, dude. Well, this has been for me like a, a huge, amazing joy and uh, such a, like, I mean, gosh, I can't believe it's, we've 
taken um, two months off from doing it. Like, I just love this. I love this opportunity to do sure. Dom. Yep. And honestly, the, the conversations we've had with you listeners, as you've given us feedback and we've seen you on Sundays and that different, like those conversations have been so life giving as well. And so this whole thing for me is been, so, uh, I've loved it. God, I feel like God has used this in my own life to, mm-hmm. to help bring clarity around things. And, uh, it's in one of those, one of those things I'm going to miss, mm-hmm. you know? So again, TBD on what we do with this, you and me moving forward, but, uh, man, what a gift that this has been. So thank you, brother. Yeah. Thanks for doing it. And thank you for listening. And while well, you can, just kidding, send in listener mail. We'd love to hear from you. <laughs> Time is running Time out. Time is running out. Act now. <laughs> but uh, Seacoast, may uh, you come this weekend if you're listening. This today is timestamp. It's Wednesday, July 27th. We're going to be celebrating the Carlsons this Sunday. Come out. Don't be allergic to affirmation. <laughs> Share your words of love and encouragement as we send them off to their next venture and mm. and uh, as you're living and going may you love Jesus well and may you love your community well I love it have a great week dude bye Matt alright Dom bye, bye brother love you dude love you dude